LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. Well, 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 uh, here we go. We're going to dive right into this one. And uh, to be perfectly frank, I got that feeling like maybe we bit off a little more than we could chew, but it's going to be fun. We've already changed like 17 times how we were going oh. to do this. It went from four episodes to five episodes because we couldn't do it after episode four. And then we watched four episodes and we were like, nope, <laughs> this is how many we're going to get. So here's the reality. Jessica and I were just talking about this. This probably would have been better served episode by episode, but sadly it doesn't, we don't, like I said, on the update for season three, between timing and interest and numbers, it just wasn't in the cards for us. Um, so that said, we are going to do our best to just sort of discuss these four episodes. And the one good thing I do like about doing it this way is we don't have to get too lost in the minutia. And if we start to get lost in the minutia, I think we'll just pivot off of it because mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to tell you our thoughts and feelings on this. And, and that's pretty much it. So yes, this is going to be we're going to be covering the following episodes, Parse Domine, The Winter Line, The Absence of Field, and The Mother of Exiles, which are the first four episodes of the season. I think in my last update, I said we're going to do the first five. After Jessica and I watched four, we were like, okay. Too much. It's so dense. Um, I think this is one of my problems with the show overall, which I'll get to in a minute. But before we even do, let's just have some overarching thoughts. There's plenty to talk about here. Do you want to start with just your overarching feeling about this show and, and what, what your viewing experience has been thus far, Jessica? Um, I think it has its highs and lows. Uh, I think there's it's almost becoming a completely different show than it was the first couple of seasons, um, which is interesting, but I don't know if it's good or bad. Like You couldn't continue to make Westworld over and over and over again. You had to do something different. But sometimes in like certain scenarios, I'm like, this is a completely different television show I'm watching. I don't understand why it's like part of the same series, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that. You couldn't just go from park to park because I think, I think season one, and, and to a big degree, and, and to a lesser degree, season two, started to get into the science fiction themes of the show, which is identity, who are we really, what is reality— and then on a baser level, which we talked a lot about in this on this podcast in the past, is this idea of the sentience of these things, right? That be, that's like the central theme. Are they their own people? Do they have rights? Will they be destroyed? Is it morally right or morally wrong to abuse and murder and rape them if they're robots? Well, I don't know. What if they feel the same way we feel? And so on and so forth, right? All of that stuff we've covered a lot. And to your point, I don't know if you just bounce from park to park to park, if you're going to get anything more than just that over and over and over again. You don't, I don't think. Right. So the question always becomes, how many seasons of Westworld do, and I don't like to say need, but how many seasons of Westworld do you need, um, for lack of better terms, to tell that story? And if you realize that that type of storytelling is starting to run its course, as it did, then you have to say, okay, let's pivot and do something different. Yes. Right. But I feel like Westworld is, and I'm not saying that it has this season and there's some like good stuff, but I worry that this is a show that's going to fall into like, this should have been one season. I see. And now we're continuing and why? Because we like our cast. Right. You know? Sure. Um, And I hope that they don't fall into that trap. Yes. And I'll tell you, I have, I've oscillated quite a bit on some of these characters and I don't know if it's her cocktail dress and the way she looks in season three, but I'm really liking Dolores right now. 
Um, I, li- I like that she's interacting with the real world. So here's what here's some stuff I love about this season so far. I love that we are seeing the outside world. One of the questions we always had was, I wonder what the outside world looks like because the technology is so far advanced. They must be living in some sort of science fiction, cyberpunk, William Gibson neuromancer world. And that's exactly what they're living in, right? And it's really cool to see. Now, I happen to like that genre of science fiction. I like books like that, stuff like Snow Crash. I I just like that genre a lot. And I don't feel like there's a lot of good media out there in TV and in film that covers that genre. You know, Um, I, I would say Matrix is kind of good about that. But it's not, it, I was I was happy to, see, like when, when we were watching the first episode, I was like, oh, cool, the outside world and interesting and, and, and trying to wrap my head around Caleb and what his purpose was going to be and, and stuff like that. But I do like that we're seeing the hosts. They're not even hosts anymore. They're just rogue androids because huh. um, they're not hosting anything. But they are, they are um, interacting with the real world and how they have to go about navigating that and what kind of advantages and disadvantages they have. Like, obviously, some of the disadvantages are being hosts and not and not wanting your identity compromised, but so many advantages exist in interacting with computers, being able to hack things, having AI that you can communicate with, like we see Dolores doing when it comes to just interacting with surveillance, interacting with bank accounts, interacting with hotels. Um, and what I love about this show is there's always like poignant things going on with it too. There's always something like where you go, yeah, I can see where some of this is headed, you know? Um, even amidst all this COVID shit, it's like, oh, are we going to have to have papers? Are we going to have to be verified individuals? Are we going to have DNA? Are we going to have testing results? Are we going to have to... So it's pretty wild to see this kind of coming up ahead of that, just just that dystopian part of it, as it were. But um, but it is exciting, you know? It's 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 exciting, but, they're, but, like, but, but like you... I wasn't, by like the middle of the second, the second episode was kind of a downer for me. And it made me go, oh God, am I even interested anymore? Like, And I love Maeve. Right, me too. And that's the thing that sucks is right. when you're like, this is a character that I truly like enjoy and care for on the show. And I was like, what are we doing here? And I'm still kind of like, I, I also have a lot of disagreement. I, I hate the like people being dead and they're like, but we like this person. So let's bring them back to life in another way. In some ways I'm fine with it. And in uh-huh. other ways I'm like, this is like a little bit like unnecessary. Right. So talk, talk about that. Lee Sizemore. Yes. He's dead. He's dead. And in a great death. Great death. A great death. This to me is a disservice to this character. Cause you like the actor and you wanted to bring him back. Literally. Right. I understand he's still dead, but I, 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 I loved the character growth of Lisa Eisenhower in season two is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And them doing this to me is like kind of like like spitting on all the work they did in season two. So like we just want to bring him back because we like him. He's cool. So he can help Maeve again and do this cool thing. And we're going to use him for this because we can because robots. Like I don't want to watch that. Right. I want him to be dead and be dead. Right. And to have had that epic thing, you know? For sure. And so that was like a big turnoff to me. And at that point, I was like, I'm not even going to watch any more of the show. Like I was really bummed to right. be honest at that point. What brought you back? Outside of committing to a Westworld podcast episode. I I started to probably like midway through the third episode be like, okay, I'm starting to become very intrigued by this again. I think a lot of it is um, Aaron Paul. I almost said Jesse. That's not his real name. Episode three was really good. It ended phenomenally, I Um, think. But I like, um, I like... I like Aaron Paul, the show. I think he's a good addition. I think him and Dolores are really good together. Uh, the episodes kind of blur together for me too because I, I, um, 
just watched a bunch. Right. But I, I really enjoyed the stuff with him and Dolores in episode three, even though, to be honest, I am also don't feel like I'm watching Westworld. I feel like that could be a completely different show, and I sure. would like that show. Yes. Um, and I like— But that's—you but that you know what that's like? It, you know what it reminds me of what you just said? It's like when you have a band— and it's like they've been doing the same shit forever, and then they do that one album, and they pivot off their style a little bit, and everyone's like, uh, and then like three years later, like, it was actually really awesome. Yeah. Like, we've all done that, and I feel like we might come to understand the necessity of, even though it's a different show, is making it a different show mean it's not worth watching, right? That's the main question. Right. It, it just, it, it, it all depends, I guess, how much it ties back to Westworld. Right. And I think my problem, like, I was down on Dolores in season two. And I'm Me so too. high on Dolores in season three. And I'm down on almost everybody else. Okay. To be honest. Except, actually, Charlotte Hale. She's great. Who's also Dolores, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But I am. Good actress, though. And in, in a fast, cool. Her storyline is fantastic to really watch. Good. I love it. That's yep. the other thing that really, like, has has kept, especially trying to figure out who she's supposed to be. Right. Um, I like that mystery. I actually wish we hadn't even gotten the reveal yet, to be honest. But I get it. We're halfway through this season. You kind of have to do it. I'm sure that matters. Sure. But I love trying to be like, okay, who who is she, though? Because I was convinced by the third episode that she was Teddy. Right. I'm sure everybody was because they wanted you to feel that way. And they did such a good job of not— The whole time, I'm like, am I supposed to know who she is? Right. And then I was like, okay, I feel like I'm certain she's Teddy. And then when she wasn't, I was like, okay— I like this. They did a good job because they weren't like overtly like, it's Teddy, it's Teddy, it's Teddy. They gave you these little things. But if you go backwards and you're like, oh, it's actually like Dolores. Like, right. you're like okay, I get that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need I, you. I can't live without you. Stay with me. Right. And I, I think it's, with, it's well done. I think with Charlotte Hale, one of the issues with Charlotte Hale in the past was making a very one note. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think even towards the end of season two, we saw vulnerability in her. And because we're like, cool, she's doing something she's motivated to do. Now, one of the problems, another problem with Westworld is the giant gap between seasons because there's so much shit to remember. Yeah. And I forgot she was the mole. I was like, the mole? Who's the fucking mole? And I was like, didn't she steal the things? And I was like, that must be something different. Like, I just pushed it aside. Right. And it, you didn't rewatch all of season correct. two. Yeah. It's super hard. And even when you rewatch the, the recap, like the 10 minute long recap, like that does not help. Right. And then you go, oh yeah, it's fucking hail. She's the mole. But we also saw her get shot at the end of season two and die. So when she comes back, we're like, okay, interesting. She's back. Now you're right. There's part of it is the them them. Here's one thing I will say I I, I do like, and I and I want to say at the outset I agree with your assessment on Lee. I only I was trying to think why Lee why why what was the point? It was I want to pivot back to Maeve for a second because we see that Maeve is essentially in a virtual reality world. Yes, her pearl is locked away, Matrix style. Like you're plugged into the machine. You don't know you're in the machine. I think this was very much a nod to the matrix inadvertently Mm -hmm. because she's like, oh, I'm back in the fucking, what do they call it? War world. Yeah. But what do they call this, this place? No, it begins with an M. I don't know. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, The place where they, where they're hanging out. I don't remember the name of it, but this is going to happen on this because we're not doing this episode by episode, but um, the, the Mesa. Oh, the Mesa. The Mesa. So they're back in the Mesa and we think, oh, she's in the Mesa. And I think, I guess what we're supposed to believe, and again, we're going to get a lot wrong on this podcast and that's fine, but I guess we're supposed to believe that she was put into this virtual world to try to pacify her desire to to be uh, a, 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 an individual. Mm-hmm. So they put her in this simulated world and hope she'll just stay there, but oh. they don't want to get rid of her either because she's too valuable. Like they could just crush her pearl and get her out of their hair. 
And, but there's also that secondary note to everything with this, you know, battle between like Ciroc and Dolores. Correct. And needing Maeve for that because she is the most ascension of the hosts other than Dolores. Or I guess Bernard. Now you're making sense. You know what I mean? So then, yeah, because Ciroc wants Maeve. So they're keeping her here because of the fact that they know they're going to need her for something later. Ciroc definitely wants her. You know? And, and so that's... That makes sense. And maybe that's why Ciroc chose Lee. Because she knew he would be able to talk to her convincingly. Would, would he know that? I would think so. Okay. I think with his computer shit with uh, Rehobo, Rehoboam or whatever they say. How do they say it? Oh. Rehoboam. Yeah, that's what it's called. Rehoboam. Spelled weird. But anyway, without getting lost in the weeds on that, I, on the one hand, I like, on the one hand, I totally agree with what you're saying, which is this idea of bringing back dead characters. But on the other hand, I also like that one of the things this show is able to do, which Game of Thrones and Westworld sort of rely on, is the shock of character death. Westworld's almost saying, like, that doesn't even matter anymore. What You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, that is something that's it's very problematic for me when a show— and you, I'm sure I've complained about this a zillion times on the podcast before. I, I hate that. Like, I hate the, the moment, except, like, when Buffy died. But, like, whatever, that's different. Um I hate that when you 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 give all this up and like then you're like okay and, and you feel this like epic thing when you're not scared for your characters dying anymore then what difference does it make it doesn't matter is Lee really dead and did his death actually matter yes but if you can just bring him back as a robot again who fucking cares Charlotte Hale is actually dead this is somebody else in Charlotte Hale's body I think Charlotte Hale is different because, because she she's was so distinctly a different character right and she was a human being and the actress and I you know I'm not a Charlotte Hale fan. You weren't. No, but I, I do like Tessa Thompson. Right. And man, is she good this she, season. She's great. She is one of the, the better parts of the season. Whereas people that I used to be high on, I'm less interested in now, Maeve Bernard. It's mm-hmm. because of the storyline and the stuff they're being given to do. Which isn't much. Like, I, I don't care about Stubbs being a robot and then being dead. And they're like, oh, he's a robot. Cool. We all, like, guessed that fucking, you know, the first time we met him. Mm-hmm. Um Whatever. Now he's back, and we got to like it's too much. It's too cute. I I just I don't need every character that dies to come back to life seventy five times. Right. And it's already become a problem from the first time Bernard shot himself, and he's still on the show. Sure, sure. My point is, I like that character death may not be a crux of storytelling for the show Westworld, like it is Mm -hmm. for so many others. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't like that. You don't want to be chintzy. But I don't like that the death doesn't have meaning. True. Because of the fact that you can just bring them back. Right, which puts you in a position to go, well, you need to derive meaning in something else if you're going to write compelling drama. Sure. Right? Fair. Um, and, and, and almost to your point, Charlotte Hale was a woman. She was killed. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte Hale is dead, but Tessa Thompson is back as a- One of Dolores' army. One of Dolores' army. She's being army. used. She's being used. But this- She's like Dolores from season one. She is, but- Being the, controlled by current Dolores. Sorry, I'm done. But she, it brings up a good point, which is this idea about there's something about, there's a question the show is asking us that is very interesting, which is, and it's not obvious, I don't think, but I think one of the questions the show is bringing up is this idea of you recreated her biologically identically, and then you just made her a host with this pearl. This idea of her past coming back into this is very interesting. That's something different that the show hasn't done yet. Right. We're taking a human being that was killed and then made a host, and we're seeing, for lack of better terms, the echo of a soul. Yes. That is now the, quote, ghost in the machine. Yes. And that's very interesting. 
the fact that she's feeling something from her past correct is the, pretty interesting the like self-harm because like she's like oh i feel like she's trying she's mad that i'm in her skin like she wants it back right like i like that there's that that bit of it because it's a human person i love since we're I, we might as well just keep talking about Charlotte Hale and like we're all over. It doesn't matter. Whatever I do. there is so much stuff with Charlotte Hale that I've I have liked. One, I like her like trying to figure out who the mole is, pretending to be her. I like the scene where Dolores is like, This is who you have to pretend to be. And she's like, Why her? Why me? Mm-hmm. Um All the stuff between her and Dolores is great too. I love the scene when she lays in bed with her son and her son says, I want my real mom back. Creepy. It is it was so off putting and sad. And it was one little moment and I was like, it was like a gut punch. And I'm not a parent and I don't even really like kids. And I was like, ooh, that was something. Um, and I, I liked the. And then when she, you know, she watches the video over and over again of, Wait a minute. of, of the kid. You don't like strangers' kids. You like kids you know, though. I mean, yeah, I, there are a couple kids that are all right that yeah. I've met a couple times. I know about seven to eight that I like. Oh, that's a lot. Well, got nephews. We got Lynn and Nate's child. We got nieces. your sister's kids. Who are also your nieces. Yeah. We're all nieces and nephews as far as I'm concerned. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I also like her or, yeah, her because I keep in my head still thinking it's like Teddy because I like that was like my last like big thing. And then I just got the it's not reveal. Um, I love the way that once she finds the video and she sees the song thing and starts to feel these emotions and the different way she behaves. Going to pick up the kid. Killing that guy, stealing the dog, saying to the kid, you're my sunshine. Like, that was yes. a song. It was so, it was such a good scene. So that guy was just a random pedophile. I think so. I don't think yeah. I know him from anywhere. Well, when he, when, when the reveal was, he had the thing to turn off surveillance. I was like, oh, he's watching her or he's working with somebody. But I did watch that episode twice. So I did watch some stuff twice. I watched the scenes. I watched the third episode like two and a half times. I watched the first episode twice and then I watched the second one like one and a half times and I watched the fourth one once. So <laughs> I watched everything once. I'm, I'm all over the place on this thing. But the thing with, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? I, I thought for a second that maybe he was sent there to watch her and for some reason, I don't know who she would have worked for. Yeah, but then it seems sure like he was pretty first. random. But his behavior when he was sitting, because at first it was almost like there was some recognition, but like it, it, there was... That is another like super uncomfortable scene of from the second you saw him like with the kid's hand like petting the dog. Correct. I was literally like, oh my God. It's it's the stereotypical thing that they're like a pedophile is like, here, pet my dog or help me find my lost dog. Sure, sure. And I was just like immediately like so uncomfortable. <laughs> right. On a rewatch, I didn't see I didn't catch the hand thing. Oh my God. It was so I, was, I had the computer and then on the rewatch, I was like, whoa, holy shit. So maybe this is just a random dude. It was very like um, uncomfy to right. watch, and then now the dog has a new home with Charlotte <laughs> Hale and her son. But uh, it is, it, you know, I, I'm curious to see what will become of Hale. Me too. Um, because Hale, I think, is going to have this divided loyalty, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with her son, as yes. we're really building up here. And it's going to be interesting to see where she's going to be at odds with Dolores which will be oddly fascinating because as we have learned at the end of episode four, which I thought was a, a brilliant twist, was this idea that each orb is just a carbon copy of Dolores. Love it. That's great. Big fan. Who else can Dolores trust but herself? And that's all they kept saying. Like, who does she trust? And like, and, and Maeve, just like me, to, to what's-his-face, was like, Teddy. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's who. Loyal soldier. 
And then I'm like, oh. But too soft. Not Teddy. Teddy's too soft. And that's why I figured everybody was somebody different. And I was like, okay, I know who Teddy is. And I'm like, who's this person? Like, who's, and it makes so much sense that they're all just versions of Dolores. Right. I'm sure they're just Dolores too. It, it just, it, you know, how far developed she is, I guess. is You know what I mean? Sure. Because the Hale Dolores feels more like season one Dolores in a way. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you said it that way. I don't imagine that, I imagine it's just, I don't know how that whole thing works. That's very shrouded in mystery to me, and I don't really need to know. Mm-hmm. But it made me think, could you just copy it? Literally make copies like you would a file. Yeah. Copy, 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 and then take them all and go. Yeah. Like she's got five thumb drives yeah. <laughs> with all the same information on them. I don't know. But yes, you do You do get the impression that there's something there with the host's and there's, there's going to be this weird conflict, but specifically a conflict with Hale and less so the others. Because we know the five pearls at this point are Bernard. Is Bernard one? Bernard is Dolores yeah, two? No, because he got out, right? Remember there was the other, the one that was different? Yeah. Um, Bernard is Bernard, I think. Bernard is Bernard, but it's one of the five orbs that were, that were taken out, I thought. Uh, maybe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. I don't remember. See, that's what I don't remember. But here's what I can tell you. Martin, the security guy, is Dolores. Dolores is Dolores. Hale's Dolores. Hale's Dolores. And then who's the fourth one? The Moose. Mus- <laughs> Musashi is Dolores. Musashi. I don't know why I can't speak normal words. Musashi is Dolores. Um, I, I I would like to watch episode four again, but... um, I would like them to not bring back dead characters a bunch of times because we like the actors, but that's okay. Right. That's another unnecessary thing. Like, we didn't need for Musashi to be there other than we were like, he was cool and we really liked him. He had interesting but, act- interactions with me. Yeah, but you have to bring a host body. Do you? You can't make a new host just like she made Charlotte one? That's what I'm saying. She's like making real people who are no longer with us into hosts. Okay, so you're saying you could have brought back, you could have just brought a new actor. It could have just been a random person. That's true, but. But I know they want to give us our person that we know, but like, it's too cute for me. Maybe there's a reason for it. We just don't know yet. Maybe maybe she has a reason for it. I mean, the idea of controlling the Yakuza. Mm Mm-hmm which had access to this stuff, that might be part of it. Mm-hmm. Like if I can put a guy in the in in that and control that resource. Yeah. You know, maybe that maybe maybe the placement of each one of these people matters to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why she did it, you know. Um Yeah. Cuz my guess is she didn't just make these people immediately. She came in, started to formulate her plan and what she needed to do and then went into the key positions. And yeah, it's right inconvenience to bring Musashi back no matter how you slice it. Mm-hmm. Um but that there's a reason probably why these key people were were created to be put in those places that cuz remember at the end of the day everyone's in place because what Dolores needs is for her to enact her quote revolution and or revenge. Whatever her ultimate plan is, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty scary to the, the idea of her getting her hands on something like Insight, prying it away from Sirak, who's obviously a dangerous person in in and of himself. Um, he looks like a like a drug lord, and him. I'm a fan. Vincent Cassell is great. He literally he looks like he should be playing like the head of a drug cartel, right? In his rich home, and I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Not gonna lie. So one thing I do want to say is I know the plot is a bit convoluted and I know it's a bit problematic in terms of trying to explain, but essentially let's try and just summarize. Essentially you have Dolores, we've just kind of covered. Bernard. Yeah. I mean, covered in terms of plot, which she's her ultimate plan. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about her obviously in more detail. Bernard was somebody who was like, okay, I need to stop Dolores. So I'm going to go back to Westworld because I think he was looking for Maeve. Mm-hmm. Finds out that her control unit is gone. And he's like, oh, fuck. I guess I'll settle for Stubbs. 
or something. He didn't really have a choice. Stubbs was just there. And he's like, yo, help me. And Stubbs is like, cool. And then Stubbs is like, bye, I'm going to go kill myself again. And Bernard's like, uh, no, you can help me. And I'm like, literally don't care about this plot line at all. You know, bye. it's interesting. Uh, and, and sadly, I didn't think of this first. I read it in an article somewhere. It's interesting that Bernard decided for Stubbs. Very un-Bernard-like. Very un-Bernard-like. He didn't give he didn't give Stubbs a choice. He reprogrammed him to help him. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's not very Bernard-like. Not at all. But I guess desperate times call for def- desperate measures. Unless there's some other crazy shit going on, but I don't know. This is the plot line that is of the least interest to me, I would say. Right, until it converges. But that's what's cool about this is, yes, we have multiple plot lines. You got the Bernard plot line, the Maeve plot line, and the Dolores plot line. And you have them all sort of eventually heading to the same space, which is this charity sex ball at the end of episode four. Mm-hmm. Because Dolores is trying to use, she's, she's trying to get to this fucking insight company's thing, which is run by this guy, Sirach. This guy, Liam, is Sirach's dead partner's son. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, cool, if I can get close to him and whatever. And- which is easy because she's like, yo, I'm hot. And he's like, cool. She is hot. And he is like kind of goofy. Yeah, she's so formidable. She's she's cool. She's got she's really starting to remind me of six. Like there's this formidability to her. That is a great comparison. Right? It's like, not that's just a really good comparison. It's not just like she's attractive. Yes, we know that six is two, but there's something formidable about six. She has presence about her. That's a great and, comparison. And when you take the farmer's daughter from season one to what we see now, we have such an awesome, cool growth arc for Dolores to where she just seems so formidable and confident now. And uh, she has this omnipotent confidence about her being a super powerful android. It's it's cool to see where she was and where she is now. Um, so anyway, and um, I like that. Like, I like the infiltration of this giant corporation in this setting. I think that's really neat. But um, why don't we talk about Caleb? Why don't we talk about her intersecting with Caleb? Because, you know, this security guy is onto her and... He, she almost gets killed, but not really because she's a robot, but he finds her and now they're together. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about Caleb. I know you like Aaron Paul. Love Aaron Paul. Me too. Literally love him, like a little obsessed. I'm not going to lie. Big fan. Um, it's interesting because when the first episode started and I was like, I'm interested in what's happening with Aaron Paul and the things that he's doing, but I don't understand how this fits in with the show and I'm not a fan. Okay. Just because it didn't. Because it was so different. It You're makes like, sense Now to me. what? You're like, now what? Right. Um, we see him find Dolores. That's kind of like the next like thing that we see. And then we, we go through, you know, the whole thing with the, um, the police and everything. And he stands by her where he, he doesn't, you know, give her up. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like you have to add different characters and you have to do different things. But at first I was like, Ooh, we're going to try to like shoehorn this guy in. So this is an actor who's like really big and he's doing a lot of things right now. And he, he'd be great on any show. He's great. But like, do we need this? And like, then we got to the point where I'm like, I see what we have here, and I'm very, very intrigued. And it and it comes from again, once Dolores. And what's interesting is Dolores's interest in him. Like, she is interested in him. She, I can dig she that. Cares for him to a degree because she goes back to save him. And maybe it's because he sticks up for her, and he's basically not willing to give her up. But I think it's more than that. It is. She sees something in him, and I like that because she could have just gone and saved him, and like she said, gave him a bunch of money and sent him away. But she did it. She made the offer. First, she showed him everything that she knows about his past, about what his future will be, about why. Um, And and I thought that 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 was some brilliant, (sighs) brilliant, from from the start, from the the scene in the restaurant. So good. Like, from that moment. Sequence sequence of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, and I do like the action of the sex ball, but sequence of the season to me is her taking him 
to the booth and then to the pier. Yes. That shit really affected me emotionally. Like I, I was watching it alone. I was like, man. And then that song doomed played and I was like, man, this is so heavy right now. It was so heavy. This idea of, of, of limited potential because there are powers that be shoehorning you into something based on what they believe is an algorithm that is better for the machine. This is the ultimate dystopian like terror to me is this I, this idea of this poor guy being shoehorned into something he'll never be this profile. When, when, when they get to the pier and she breaks out the little iPad thing and it's like, don't recommend kids probably going to kill himself. I was like blown away by this idea of that. It seemed, it seemed so utterly tragic to me and you know what I love about Caleb outside of the the actor himself is you are 100% right. This intrigue that Dolores has in him makes Dolores a little more interesting. And Aaron Paul living this kind of cool grifter lifestyle. He's a construction worker by day and a grifter at night. And he hangs out with these cool dudes and they do cool cyberpunky fucking snow crash matrix shit. And then they're like, and now she, now his life is intersected with like way more, like he's into petty shit. Now he's intersected with much bigger things. And it's almost like this small little potential that insight has sort of rolled out for him. He now has this opportunity to squash. And I like that she presents him with that. You know, that's something Dolores herself, and she says it. He's like, I feel enraged. And she's like, oh, I know how you feel. And just like she's getting a chance, he's getting a chance. Right. And it feels good. And you know, this goes back to something you said earlier is he's a human being. Charlotte Hale was a human being. And it's cool to see that these two people are of great interest to both of us as we watch the show. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, Bernard, the fascination, Bernard really peaked. Bernard peaked when it was like, Bernard, Arnold, oh my God, you're yeah, the season guy. season one. I mean, it was beautiful. It was amazing. Yes. But now he's just sort of coming along for the ride because he's going to stop her, right? His... The big reveals and the interest in him, it's not his turn anymore. Now it's going to be Caleb's turn. Now it's going to be Charlotte Hale's turn. And I'm fine with that. Um, you're not going to just write him out of the show because people are like, where's Bernard? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, they had a zillion chances to kill him off and decided not to. So, hmm. <laughs> yes, there's that. But um, but yes, that was very a very incredible scene. And um, The writing for that and in, in, in that scene in general, again, from them sitting down in the restaurant to when they go to the pier and Dolores is like, I can give you this or, or I can give you a chance to do something different. To me, it's like, a fucking short story. Yeah. Like it's something I would read in an English lit class and have to write a paper on because it's brilliant. Honestly. Yes. It is like a brilliant, it doesn't even matter in the context of Westworld. That I, mini exactly. story of, exactly. of, Del, of Dolores being, you know, artificial intelligence, him being a human, mm -hmm. her being like, this is your life. You are in the same, do you want to make better of it? I know your life already because they know your life. Um, those scenes and the way that's written it doesn't matter about the show. If you gave me just those scenes written down as, as a story, I would be like, this is fucking brilliant. Or if you showed me these scenes, I knew nothing about Westworld. I knew nothing about anything. Mm -hmm. It's so, so good beyond the show. It's the best thing I've seen this entire season. It's I, the I best agree. thing I've seen in the show probably since season one, to be honest. Right up until all the people jumped willingly to their death. That was sick, right? Yeah. Well, that was pretty cool. You know. <laughs> but this is amazing. Like, it, it's... I mean, it's such a gut punch. It, it It's, you know, it, it really taps into some primal fear. Like your parents are like, you're not going to amount to anything. And the more, and just like she says, because they don't see the potential in you, they're never going to invest in you. And then it's basically Correct. ensuring that that will be true. And, and that is some 
shit. That's some some real life shit too. And I think that's what's super dark and, and heart wrenching about this moment with him. You, I felt so bad for him, and I don't even know this character because we could wrap our heads around that existential fear. This idea that we're never going to have an impact on anything positive in our lives. Like that's a terrifying prospect for, for people. The reality is where a lot of us just aren't remarkable and that's okay too. But, but there is a real dreadful feeling about her handing you the likely outcome of your life based on where he's standing right there. Mm-hmm. And not just suicide in 10 to 12 years, but literally a life of nothingness. Until no suicide. marriage, no children, not compatible. Nothing, no body, not a single soul in his life. That's scary. No family, nothing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like, and this is what I like. This is the human part of the story. Fuck that, right? First of all, that's delivered with, uh, what's his name again? Adrian, uh, not, uh, Adrian Paul, what's his name? Aaron, Aaron Paul? Paul. Adrian Paul is, wrong the, with you? is the Highlander. Aaron Paul, this, the, he delivers it with that Aaron Paul sort of gusto that you came to love in, <laughs> in Breaking Bad. He's like, nah, fuck that. You know, like, you know- like it's Jesse just, Pinkman would say that shit too. Of course. He doesn't want it to be this way. And I like that. And this this makes him such a motivated character, right? Mm-hmm. He, he feels so motivated to me. And, I, you know, I wanted to go back to the piece you were talking about before, which was this idea of Dolores having an interest in him beyond that they had a happenstance meeting in a tunnel somewhere after she had been shot. The fact that she goes back for him. Yes. Obviously, she needs help, but there's a million people in the world. There's a million people in the world that she could go and whatever with. Um, I also like the irony of her using information from Insight that she hates to motivate somebody she needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something, Smart girl. there's a dramatic irony there. But, um, but yeah, it's, you know, we've always wondered, does Dolores care about anyone other than Dolores? Or is she simply manipulating everyone on the path to her revenge or in her mind, justice? I'm still not sure. Right. But I think the fact that she went back for him in the way that she did is different. Right. Than a lot that we, than that every, a lot that we've seen from her, you know, in season two. Sure. It, it, it'll be interesting because Dolores has only ever at, interacted with people who want to abuse her as a host at Westworld, as a, as an object or that have, or, or the man in black or, or anybody uh, the, 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 we saw the William stuff. Teddy loving her was like, it's like the, the, like the, somebody's kid brother adores you. Yeah. You're like, he's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. And it, and, and that's like her level of intellect and self-awareness was so far beyond Teddy's that it just never would have worked. And there's nothing, but, but Caleb is, a, is, is different. He's a free individual acting and making choices. And all she's doing is presenting him with information. She's not hacking him. She's not going and uh, making a robot. She's not typing commands. She's presenting him with information, which I hope turns out to be true and she's not totally manipulating him. And then he's saying, I'm going to do this with you. I wonder if that's going to move the needle with her a little bit because it's the most important thing to her is this mission and his buy-in on this mission willingly makes them for an interesting duo. I agree. Right? Yep. Very excited about them. Me too. Like to see their first interactions when they did they broke into the bank type place. <laughs> because we awesome. know he knows how to be manipulative and how to do illegal shit. He's a grifter. Um, so that's a very, like, I like that moment of them going in and him asking her questions, but still being able to hold his own, like that moment when you're like, oh my God, shit, is it not going to work? Right. And she's like, I got this gun and then it works. And you're like, okay. Right. Awesome. It was great. Great. I like the two of them together. I'm very interested in that story. Um, 
do you have anything else you want to say about like Ciroc and what he's got going on? I love, I love how he protects himself, by the way. The, he's never there. Yep. The put, on, put on the fucking virtual glass and I'll talk to you from the security of my bunker. Yep. Very cool. Um, he's such a slick individual. I don't know. I, I, I told you, I think I said to you pretty explicitly while watching, I'm like, this is a bad guy. I like, like he's a good bad guy. Yeah, I agree. But what's interesting about Ciroc, and and I hope they go forward with this idea is, I think we're going to see that despite the fact that he did murder a guy that he had captured, you know, after, after showing him these horrific outcomes for the guy's family, uh, as predicted by insight, by Rehoboam, as it were. What will happen if he helps or doesn't help? Yeah. Right. I, I love this idea. This this is very minority report. Mm-hmm. This idea like, oh no, we know ahead of time based on predictive patterns, what you may or may not do. Um, and we do this, and, and this is crazy. We do this based off of all of the data we have collected from you. You know, China does this. Like they have a social credit system like Black Mirror. You are, if you don't have the correct social credit, you don't go on a plane. Like this is crazy shit in real life, blown up to a thousand degrees mm-hmm. by, by a factor of a thousand is what I'm trying to say in Westworld. Yeah. And I like this idea that it's so sophisticated that it gives you the information on Cal, that it's so sophisticated that he says, here's what's going to happen. But then it also begs the question, how much will this data be manipulated by the one who controls it, which is also a larger question for society that wants to imitate it, to manipulate a society or people? Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool to think, right? And I'm guessing we're going to learn pretty soon here that this company was probably started with best intention. It's not like they a bunch are. of- Correct. And that's what's going to make, I think, Sarark probably more deep than just this villain who can disappear as a mist, right? He's th- the new man in black. He is. In a way. He is, but he seems to have, he's a little more sophisticated- Although, oh yeah, no, I know. Right. But I mean, just in general, the um, the really the awful mysterious. human being who's very mysterious, then you find out their thing and you're like, oh. I think you're right. I think we're going to learn that this was like, oh, I built this system because I want to save humanity and, and, and this guy's father was part of it. And then we had to get rid of him because maybe there's this idea where the, it's, it's Bernard in, in, in Anthony Hopkins. What was his name? I forgot. That's crazy, right? <laughs> How crazy is that? I haven't watched season one in fucking three years. <laughs> Wait, what was his name? Oh, no. I got to Google it. I'm not going to make it through. (laughs) There are people screaming at their fucking headphones right now. Westworld, Anthony Hopkins. West. Oops, I spelled it wrong. That's going to be a problem. How do I not remember this? This is fucking sad. How quick I ejects it. I have a limited storage capacity in my brain. Westworld. Um, Why is this so hard to find? (laughs) Ford. Ford. Oh, my God. I I was about to pass out. Ford Robert it, Ford. So Robert Ford and Arnold, right? It's the, it's we're going to see something similar play out with Insight. Right? Yes, because this I, guy's I this guy's father is dead, and and if there's one thing Westward likes to do is it sometimes likes to repeat itself thematically, but in a cool way. So I'm curious as to how that's going to go down. But I I do like Vincent Cassell. I do like him as a bad guy. I love his cute little French accent and he's this menacing way about him. And uh, I'm looking forward to what becomes of him. And, and the idea of what we've set up here, which we see in this fourth episode, Mm -hmm. what we have set up here is Bernard and Stubbs are trying, are trying to stop, are trying to stop Dolores, who's getting help by Caleb. Maeve is trying to stop Dolores based off of her discussion with Sirach, Sirach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are going to have this situation where we're going to have, who is, who should we, who do we root for here? 
how do you root for Dolores if 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 eliminating or destroying or severely disrupting humanity is her end goal? That makes us as viewers almost instinctively against Caleb, which kind of sucks. I can't be. I, I want humanity destroyed, but, but I just think, for Caleb, right? But by interest, my the interest here is Sirach might be the guy where we're going. Well, Jesus, I mean, the world seems okay without Dolores destroying it. So, do we want Sirach to lose? Do we want Maeve to lose? We Hale has so much on the line. What we don't want Hale to lose, you know. So that's one thing I see being done very well this season is established characters being put in a position to where we're going to see them battling, and we're not going to be sure who to root for in a very Game of Thrones esque way. Mm-hmm. Right? We love. <laughs> you get to a point where, like, fuck, I, do I really want Jamie Lannister to die here? He was such a bastard in I'm season like, yeah, one. I do you know what I mean? You're going to see something similar here. You're going to be like, well, do we, is Sirach the bad guy here? I mean, is he, is he going to save humanity? Is Dolores going to liberate humanity? Is that what she's trying to do? She, she said she wanted to liberate the hosts, but really she just wanted to get out so she could wreak havoc upon the world because she's mad and she can't get over that anger and she's powerful. And, you know, people like Maeve and Dolores, they're never going to just be okay with a normal world as a host in a park ever again. That's like what Sarak says to Maeve when she's right. like, he's like, you can like live your life. And she's like, here? And he's like, no, of course not. <laughs> what, are right. you crazy? Right, absolutely. It's like, oh, you can go hang out uh, with your daughter in the forge. You think that's going to be okay for Maeve? Right. Like, Cause honestly. Because she, she knows. And that was... You know, the one cool thing about the the Winterline episode, which was the second one, mm-hmm. the Winterline, by the way, was um, a line of of, of embankments, uh, fortifications in Italy during World War II. Makes sense, so yeah. based on the episode. You can see it, you can see it on the map they show, but that whole like piece was really sound, sound and fury to me mm-hmm. because it doesn't really do much other than to say, Hector, we see that Hector or whatever his name is now. Looking way less handsome, by the way. Hector is now, Hector, I think showing us Hector was showing us like the same thing that Dolores saw in Teddy, which is like, eh, I got to move on. He's stuck. He's, he, he's stuck in the loop. He'll yep. never break the loop. He doesn't have whatever spark of life that, that Maeve has, Hector doesn't have. Correct. And as a result of that, she has to leave him behind. We get our closure with there. We the get love our love story. I think we get our closure with Hector. Hector was never really there anyway. It was a simulation, according to we learn. Yeah, they were just trying to give him to her because they were like, this will keep her appeased for the time being because of their relationship. Correct. Until Sorak needs to do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I love the idea of hacking a guard robot to steal her brain. That was so cool. Yeah, that was um, awesome. And then it gets gunned down. You're like, no, the poor robot. I know. And the other one gets thrown off the cliff. When they're that was sad too. Kill Jesse. Bastards. His name is not even Jesse. I know. But um, where was I? The winter line. So yeah, I think we're just getting closure on that whole thing. And like I said, um, I think they called it War World. It's really just sound and fury. Like it's really like they're like it'll look really cool if we show some Nazis and yeah. some forties like hairdos. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. Which, the, whatever the aesthetic of it, that's you know. Fine. They had to put her somewhere, I guess. Correct. And that was in in part of me. The, the cynical part of me says, "Oh, that was just used to sell sell the idea of season three. Like, oh, cool, going back to World War Two. What's this going to be like? What's this park going to be like? Like, and this is going to look great in a preview. And then it, that's that's what I'm saying. And then it's nothing, literally nothing. They're not going back there. There's no, oh, no. reason to. We'll it's, never see that again. Not in this season or ever, probably. Yeah, it's true. I Maybe mean, look great with her hair like that, though. She looks cute in a little forties getup. She does. That's all. But um, yeah, so so much of that stuff was just to it, that. That's the other thing. So there's a lot I like, man. That, I guess my point is there's a lot I like, but there's also a lot of like fucking let's go. Take your head out of your ass. 
don't be too smart, Westworld. Like we it, already went through that struggle, right? And and you know, I was thinking about this while I was watching this today. When you watch a show like Buffy, or you watch a show like Star Trek: The Next Generation, we'll say, or or DS Nine, or the original series, it doesn't even matter. You start to like by the sixth season, you're watching it. You're like, cool. I know how Starfleet works. I understand this. I understand that. Awesome. And then when somebody new comes in, they don't know. And then they come to know it. And then it's just a question of watching cool new things happen. Westworld doesn't give you that. It's like, we're going to fucking flip it all around again. We're going to confuse you. We're going to show you things out of sequence. We're going to give you mystery. We're going to do weird cutting. And we're going to just confuse you because we're smarter than you. Like, sometimes I feel like Westworld is trying to remind us that they're smarter than us. You know what I mean? Like, it's good. Like, I like the aesthetic. It's, I, I said this to you today. It's beautifully shot. It's got that Nolan fucking visual to it. I know it's not Chris Nolan, but it's beautiful to look at. Music the, is fantastic. It is. The it music is. is so good in the show. We've said this in season one. It is so, their piano, their haunting piano covers of like popular, like modern songs. It's, yeah. It's on point. It's really great. For sure. And although sometimes when they're, talking <laughs> it's the point about the music sometimes when they're talking here like over every dialogue i'm like just lower it a little bit so i can hear what the fuck like every conversation has that underneath it it's hilarious but no i for the most part i think you're right it's cool it fits the aesthetic. It fits the the crazy futuristic wild shit going on. There's been really cool action, great outfits, cool uh, again, beautifully shot, great cinematography. This the 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 in introduction of technology into our world, which we know is not a simulation. It's not Westworld, so we get to see the technology has been neat just to see like the self-driving cars and all the different ways that they can interact with technology wirelessly. All of that stuff has been really cool. And I do like that. Um, There are times where I just want to be like, fucking let's go. Come on, let's go. That whole like winter line was down for me. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this season. Yeah, same. Definitely the worst episode. And then three really bounced back. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I said juice. I watched. I watched the first two and a half episodes before you. You did, and you asked me, and I was like, "Oh, I was out." And like now, halfway through episode three, I'm feeling a little bit better. Yeah. Um. We we. I think we we probably talked about the last season, the the last episode, the least amount. But we can talk a little bit about it and then wrap this thing up. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how much there is to say, but why don't I just to help us because I think this will be a good anchor point for us. So the last episode is called The Mother of Exiles, and here's what Wikipedia says. And oh, we can, Wikipedia. Yeah, baby. Donate $1 to them, please, and I, help them. I donated $15 to them. What? I've never donated shit to them. Yeah. Well, I did $5 a year for the last three years. Ew. Is that what it was? No, I've only donated $10 to them. I donated last year and the year before. Five and five. There's something wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. So The Mother of Exiles. Charlotte helps William prepare for a board meeting to prevent Ciroc from buying out Delos. But he keeps having visions of Emily. We got to talk about that. Um, Sirach, do you want to talk about that now? Or do you want to yeah, just- Yeah, can, me- can we just touch upon that before we can? Go. Don't care. Okay. This is my problem with this storyline. I love Ed Harris on the show. And I love the man in black. And I love, I love, love him. Liked all, obviously I liked all the stuff in season one, even though I figured it all out because I spent too much time on Reddit, which sort of ruined it for which me. Which means Reddit figured Still it out. Still like this. Um- <laughs> I liked the stuff with him in season two, the stuff with his daughter, the fact they killed his daughter. It was it, it very like lost esque um, with um, with like uh, uh, Benjamin Linus. Um, th- there's like such good stuff there, and he's been such a fascinating character. I don't want to watch this character. 
I don't want to watch the depressed man in black talk to his dead daughter because one, I'm sick of seeing dead characters come back to life. And two, this doesn't interest me from him. I don't like what they're doing with him. And if this is all he's going to be on the show for, I wish they would have killed him off. So that's how I feel about that. I don't disagree, actually. I know. I'm going I'm to talk about that a little bit. I love the man in black. He became, he was always menacing and cool at Harris. He's great. But is this truly going to be his fate? He's just a wackadoo that gets put into the maze. Is that, I don't know. Not a fan. Just not a fan. Sadly, there's not much more to say about him other than at first I was like, oh, cool. We're going to see him come back. We're going to see him participate in the story in a much different way. He's going to be on the board. He's going to, they're going to need, it's going to be interesting to watch Hale try to like deal with him because we're rooting for Hale and he's always been an antagonist and we're going to hope somehow she has to like negotiate around him. But then they're like, nah, we're just going to have him committed and Hale's going to take over. I'm like, ah, that's too bad. Not into it. Um, yeah, it's a little too horror movie-esque, like, my dead daughter, and she's just bleeding, you know? But anyway. Don't need it. Don't need it. Serac gains Maeve's ability, uh, excuse me, Serac gains Maeve's help by offering to reconnect her with her daughter in the sublime. Is that what they call that? I don't know what they call it. Maybe call it the sh- forge. We no, shouldn't know I just that. made a bunch of shit up. Um, interesting. So Maeve will never be happy there. I mean, she won't. She's too intelligent and too self-aware to ever be able to be where her daughter is. Yes. Uh, Maeve following leads from Sorak tracks Dolores' movements after arriving on the mainland to the Yakuza boss Sato, discovering him to appear the same as the samurai world host Musashi. Bernard and Ashley believing Liam, that was, by the way, a really cool fight, the samurai shit. Bernard and Ashley believing Liam to be a host swapped by Dolores try to abduct him from a charity event, but Dolores and Caleb stop them. Again, middle of the season, perfectly timed for intersecting characters. And Liam is not a host. He's a real person. He's just manipulated by Dolores's like sexy feminine wiles. Right. But the whole point Which is so was funny, though. the whole point was we thought that she was going to replace Liam. That was what I was thinking the whole time. Mm-hmm. That she's going to replace Liam. Right. That's the goal, right? <clears throat> she just has not yet. That's the whole point of abdu- abducting him, I think, is to murder him and then put him in with her brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dolores fights off Ashley and Caleb. Very cool fight scene, by the way. Love the cocktail fight scene in the uh, crazy mm-hmm. Eyes Wide Chud mansion. Yes. Um, Good aesthetic. I love Liam's... It's it's funny because we the show almost wants us to believe, it did up until a certain point, that Liam, because of his, like, the way he looks, he looks kind of youthful. He doesn't have, like, that douchey look like Logan did. He, he looks innocent. Yeah. And we and it's almost like the show wants us to be like, oh, this poor son of a bitch. And then when Martin is like, we're going to kill her. He's like, all right, just don't trace it back to me. You're like, fuck, that's dark. This little kid's dark. So dark. And then you almost forget again when you see him like, oh, whatever. And then he's just like, I must have her. And he walks up with his money. Like there are all these little hints of yeah. like his like grossness, right? Because his buddy's like, oh, it's all for charity anyway. And he's like, I'll have her. Oh, great. Give and, me some money. I'll, and then she looks like Dolores. I'm a fucking creep. <laughs> but I like that moment. She wishes she looked like Dolores, by the way. And then that moment where, but I get your point, where they're like, oh, you have no money, dude. Sorry. And he's like, what the fuck? I got all <laughs> kinds of money. I'm like, ooh, spoiler alert. Um, Bernard comes to the realization that Martin is the is one of the is one of the um, swapped. Mm-hmm. So that's bad for Dolores. Now one of her foot soldiers has been identified as Dolores bot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, William, Bernard, and Maeve uh, recognize that Dolores made host copies of herself before leaving Westworld mm-hmm. and placed them in Charlotte, Martin, and Sato. A.K. Musashi. Yep. Sato wounds Maeve, leaves her for dead. 
uh, blood mixing with the the white stuff was cool looking. That was the yep. callback to season one. I like it. Good um, visually. Sato wounds Maeve and leaves her for dead. And while Charlotte, after revealing she is Dolores, has William committed to a mental institution. Which is a Dolores thing. It I'm is. Say that. It is. But it's like, ugh. have we seen that? Is the man in black out of the show? If he is, they should have killed him off at the end of last season again. This is doing a disservice to a character of this is going to be your closeout for the Man in Black, for fucking Ed Harris, for a fantastic character on this television show. Can we see if we could, could, could we, could we try to, could we try to be devil's advocate for it? Like, because he was so vicious and cruel and the maze thing, like that, there's something kind of cool about that, but it seemed awfully sudden. Yeah, not a fan. Like, I don't like the idea of tricking him into insanity and putting him in a maze and he was searching through the maze and it coming back to his character, but it happened so rapidly. Like, all of a sudden, in in, in the span of 10 minutes, he's out of the show. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? That does seem a little bit rapid to me. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, Caleb and Dolores corner Liam after stealing his fortune. Oh, boy. There's a good, like, mid-season episode. Yes, like, I agree. With a good cliffhanger for all of our characters. I agree with you. You know? Yep. And um, like I said, Parse Domini starts and I go, okay, cool. This is different. I need to adjust. Winterline happens and I go, all right, there's too much fuckery here. Not a fan. Yeah. The absence of field comes on and I go, this is fucking good shit. I like this a lot. And then the mother of exiles comes on and I go, all right, cool. We're getting everyone together and we're going to see how this goes. Yeah. Um, I think three is the best probably followed by one and then I would go three, four, one, two, I think. I might go three, one, four, two. That's fine. But oh thank you. <laughs> yeah, we had the most important ones, correct? The best and the worst. You can live. Yes. The best and the worst for sure. And uh yeah, so that's awesome. And by the way, if you're listening to this, we are not talking about the first five. We explained at the beginning we're talking about the first four. So we will be coming back at you in the next few weeks or a month or whatever. Um, and we will be covering genre, decoherence, past pawn, and crisis theory. Also, I don't want to make any promises to that because what if we watch two episodes and we're like, let's just talk about these two. That's a great so, point. So like, we're going to play it by ear. You'll at least get an episode about the last four episodes at the end of the season. But after all of this, like, there's a part of me that thinks if we have time, I'd like to do two and two or even three and one. Two and two might be the move. Yeah. So it, it, and this is not a promise either. It really depends on time. But um, we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. There's, yeah, the, the four ones is tough. I think you're being wise. I there's think you're lot. being wise. Yeah, that's a good call. But this was cool. I'm glad we sat down to discuss it. I know we were nervous about, man, it's Westworld, it's Dens, it's four. How are we going to do this? And, you know, we just banged through just about an hour. So I think we, uh, yeah, I think we did good. We discussed everything. We talked about our friends, what they were up to. It was our cute. Friends. It was yes. cute. Yes. Cute. Our friends and enemies. Um, uh, I have to reassess my, I have to reassess my top five in my life. Same. Yep. Oh, oh, your top five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the listener may not know about the top five. Top five uh, celebrities you'd have sex with. Yeah, that, yeah, you're allowed to. So, like, if, for example, in real life, if um, the actress who plays Dolores, like, knocked our door and was like, okay, Dean, let's go, I would have to say, like, yes, because she's in the top five. But they have to actually be I didn't say she was, listed. but she, but, but, and it has to be not just actor, but actor and then the role, because that makes it more fun. Because it, no. Because it shows their personality. It doesn't because then you can't have sex with that's Dolores. A, she doesn't exist. That's a, but right. But the whole thing's a fantasy. Yeah. But what if the actress who played Dolores knocked on the door? Now you can't have yeah. sex with her anymore because you said you picked Dolores. Who said sex? You're such a fucking animal. You just said sex. It's the no. top five people you want to have sex with. You literally said those Did words. Did I say that? Rewind that shit. All right. All right. I believe you. My top five is pretty stagnant right now. Yeah, I know. I, I, I got to tell you, it's it's shifting around a little bit these days. We're going to have to re- reassess. That might have to be a bonus episode. Better re- reassess fast before she shows 
close up at the door. I'm just saying, because <laughs> you don't want to miss that shot because she wasn't on the official list. Yeah. She would be recruiting me for some dastardly scheme and then discard me at the end. Probably. I, yeah, it's probably it. Because, you know, I have so much reach and influence. I mm-hmm. can really help her revolution. <laughs> she, she puts her, her thing in your brain and now she's running LSG Media. <laughs> Run by Dolores. God, she'd probably be better marketing. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Without Limits, so Westworld Podcasts. We will see you guys soon. Ish. We will keep you posted on the Facebook group page. Um, so if you're wondering when the next episode is, we will post it on the website as soon as we know, and we'll post it on the Facebook group as soon as we know. But We're obviously behind we know. Yeah, but hey, it's Westworld, and we didn't want to totally half-ass it, only partially half-ass it. All right. Fair. We're out here. We're out here. Tell these good people goodbye, Jessica. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Without Limits, a Westworld podcast by LSG Media. Don't forget to check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Thank you.